Markitecture is a new publication offering in-depth interviews with leading vendors, founded by Ari Paparo, along with a team of ad and marketing tech experts. Every week, we add another two full-length video interviews from these experts to help you decide which partners are the best fit for your business. Visit Markitecture.tv to register and start receiving Markitecture's weekly free newsletter. This week on Next in Marketing, it's our third annual year in review episode. And once again, I'm talking to Brian Morrissey about the biggest stories of the year, including the once unthinkable implosion of BuzzFeed. Brian and I also talked about why Meta's meltdowns shouldn't be so shocking, why so many companies have misread post-pandemic economics, and why he's fully embracing our AI overlords. Let's get started. Everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing. Hi everyone, welcome to Next in Marketing. My guest this week, it's our, it's our third of an annual tradition of the year-end episode, year in review. It's my old pal, old uh, boss, mentor, colleague, Brian Morrissey of The Rebooting. Hey Brian. Hi, Mike. Welcome, uh, welcome back. I'm glad to be here. Welcome back. Yes, <laughs> welcome to be, being with me. Uh, thank you for for dropping the f bomb right at the outset. This is uh, <laughs> the Nickelodeon sponsorship's not going to go well. You know, I was just saying to Alex Kantrowitz, like, because like everyone is doing their like year end like list post, and it's like a mm. total like I've run out of energy. It's the end of the yep. year. <laughs> yep. I don't want to. It reminds you of those. Um, remember the like facts of life episodes when they like. Or no, it's different strokes. Like they sold like forty-eight episodes. They're like, we only have like forty-three on us, so we'll just yeah, do like so a one would be a, them remembering old episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I thought the Jeffersons did together. this once. Yeah, um, yes, that's how I is... feel about the content yeah. these days. That's how I got right. here as a guest. Right, we've lost anyone <laughs> under forty at this point with this in this episode. But that's that's all right. I didn't. I don't think I have many of those anyway. Uh, so I remember we were talking, we did this last year and there was a lot of optimism in publishing. Uh, there is, there's plenty of spots to be, to be optimistic, but what happened? It, there were, there were a lot of rough stories in digital publishing. And I think Buzzfeed is sort of yeah. like, you wrote about this recently. If I told you how bad things were going to get there five, six years ago, I think most, both of us would be pretty stunned to imagine. Yeah. What do you make of that trajectory and what's, what has happened there? Well, I'm glad you didn't bring up my roaring 20s of digital publishing posts. <laughs> that didn't that didn't exactly age well. This is why I don't do this it's is still why I don't 7 do, years left in the decade. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like you don't put like a timeline on any of these predictions. Um that's like an amateur move, you know. Yeah, um, you trap yourself. But yeah, no. I mean, I think we're at the end of an era of of some sorts when it comes to and, and you know, the end, it's kind of like COVID, right? The end is never as you would expect it. I know like in early COVID, I thought like, oh, it will like, we'll have a parade. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll, people they'll, will, we'll, herd immunity will go on the stock exchange. Yeah. Like the number will pop up and we'll you be know, like, yay, D-Day. Yeah, ticker tape parade for like the nurses and doctors on right. Broadway and people will be making out or right. at least shaking hands. And just, um, it, just, it just fizzles instead. No, and it's just like keep stretching on. I kind of feel like that's like the way the sort of scale era of VC funded publishing has gone. And like, I think that this year is going to be the true like end to it. I think it's hard to, it's hard for me to see like how Buzzfeed continues as a independent publicly traded company. The whole point of Buzzfeed going public through that SPAC was right. that it was going to gain currency in order to 
be the consolidator of the industry. Remember, like all the talk about the consolidation. Yeah, the big. There had the meetings at uh, Balthazar between all the big digital publishers oh, yeah. by each other. CES, and, yeah. like furtive, furtive meetings in Michael Casson's suite or right, something. Right. I don't know. That's not happening. Like I, I, I wouldn't expect Vice to continue as an independent company um, this year. I mean, the situation is going to be dire. We're coming off a period of zero interest rates and like tons of quantitative easing and, and the stimulus and all this unreality that was that was being pumped into the economy. If these businesses were struggling during that, mm-hmm. it's not a good it's not it's not going to be good in um, in 2023. I don't think that is uh, being overly negative. To- what, what strikes me about this one there, you've written about this before. There was an era where like there are tons of publishers who just launched to chase the algorithm feed on Facebook yeah. particularly, but they really, they, they, many of them were kind of zombie brands and they didn't really have any real connection with the audience. Buzzfeed did. Like yeah, it, they did. It was a real, I mean, very powerful, influential brand at one point. And they, and they seem to be smart about diversification. So what the hell happened if we, if we can figure out an answer there? I mean, I mean, part of it is just a lot of cultural brands. It's really difficult to continue them for a long time. And I think that that has accelerated now. I mean, I, I wrote at some point this year about ephemeral brands and that, yeah. you know, maybe the way forward, because if you look at the track record of digital media, digital media has a horrible track record of creating lasting brands. It simply has not. I can remember, you know, being at the Hearst Tower in in like 2016 when David Carey was, um, I remember asking him, I was like, is is BuzzFeed building like a real brand in your, and he's like, absolutely. They, the hold that they have, you know, of Mm -hmm. course they always go to their like kids is like real and like that, but that, that faded. And I think a lot of, I think the question ends up being why. And the one answer that i mean it's multifaceted but i think the one thing that i think is we can probably assume to be pretty true is the things you have to do to to survive in digital media and that means the seo junk and the like social bait yeah. and all the rest of the stuff is in the long term inimical to building a uh, inimical that's the first time i've used Ooh. that word in 2020 i can't wait to look it up later <laughs> <laughs> the hell yeah. um as i said it gets ragged at the end um <laughs> it's you know it's it's probably opposite to what you need to do to build like a lasting differentiated brand and so i think you're left with a difficult situation the question is you know if you're going to tr- truly try to build a significant scaled publishing brand is it even possible like you can build like lasting niche brands. I think that is like without a doubt, Mm -hmm. but like, it's really hard for me to see how, you know, one after the other, you know, Huffington Post, Huffington Post was going to be the, you know, the big, you know, new news brand uh, uh, for a new era. Yeah. It was at one point red hot, right? Huge acquisition. that faded. That didn't it's work. there. It, it like it exists. There is some audience that's like, but it's like it's a brand that's on fumes, or it's like the relevance has not continued. That's interesting you say yeah. that because like it, it, you would think the stuff that works for like a you mentioned Harris, like a, like an Esquire over the years was service journalism, but it built a brand over time. To do that in digital media, you have to use SEO, which kind of lends itself to not having a connection or something. Yeah, everyone has like a SEO chop shop in the back, right? And mm-hmm. they're, um, you know, they pretend that, that it doesn't exist, but it drives the majority of their traffic. Right. And, and um, 
I don't know. I, I to me, it's just it, the one commonality of it. Like everyone makes mistakes, right? But like, if you go, like, how would all of these different people make all of the same mistakes? It's just it doesn't it doesn't stand to reason. Yeah. Right. So it must be something something in, about in, this in the nature of this. The, of this yeah. And so you know that's why I was kind of struck. Um, you know, when people are starting these these individual brands, right? The the knock is always that oh well. One, it doesn't scale. Two is you're not building enterprise value, and it it, it you know it goes away with you. And I remember like doing a podcast a few months ago with Casey Newton, uh, who's yeah. a platformer, and he made the point. He's like, "Yeah, good. Maybe that's the way it should be," which right. is something no business side person would yeah. ever say. He's like, "I want to be a great band that has a few albums, and that's fine." Yeah, and like me, it might not be what we 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 would like those of us in this business, but maybe that is the the you know, how it is in digital media. Yeah. You know, maybe it is that like, and, and look, none of that, it's not totally opposite. Like, you know, most brands have their, their moments in the sun and then, you know, they, they get like sent to the glue factory. Yeah. Or you have to, comp- you know, <laughs> like, like I'm thinking of the old, uh, this is dating. It's us. also oh. the first time I've ever said yeah. sent to the glue factory this year. <laughs> I'm getting a lot in at, this is, uh, at the, under the wire. Yeah. The range of, of, <laughs> Very, very, I'm really showing that I'm a five-tool player on this language podcast, and Mike. <laughs> different strokes, the uh, glue factory. Here we're off to a great start. Um, but the <laughs> idea that you're, you, you, the, many of these brands were also reliant on. They, they like I give I give Buzzfeed credit for diversification, but it was they were reliant on this branded content business, which I, as we've always said, is hard to scale, and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be. I think that much you're seeing it, the cuts happen there because it's challenging. In a, in a recession, right? Like it's hard to do it fast. I think one of the th- the macro trends that it will continue well into 2023, if not like further, is this shift from growth to efficiency. Um, you know, the macro environment, I think it's, it's you know, for those of us who, who can remember the horrors of the, the financial crisis, mm-hmm. um, you know, things were really good after after that. And a lot of that was, you know, result of, of, of fiscal and monetary policy making, um, you know, making future growth the one goal, right? And and we're seeing this in Silicon Valley, you know, the the fact that there's tens of thousands of these job cuts. And by the way, they're not gonna my guess is it's not gonna really show up in the um in the financial results of a lot of these companies because they were bloated, right? But like yeah. a lot of a lot of companies were rewarded for for growth um over the last decade. And that's over now. And you know, now the name of the game is about efficiency and about profits here and now. Um, and, and that's going to be a hard shift and that's going to, um, pull a lot of companies under, particularly those that like piled up lots of debt Yeah, and that's going to get real expensive. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned the, the big tech, I don't know what we call it, correction or, or trimming the fat moment that we've seen in the last six months. Mm -hmm. Does it strike you? Yeah, we were, again, like if you if you go back to that era when BuzzFeed took off, and we were talking about the I don't know the mid twenty tens, it felt like Meta in particular, Google as well, but they were unstoppable. Like they were, you know, the duopoly yeah. was almost unstoppable. It was that eighty percent of every new dollar was going to those two guys. Did we? I was wondering about this. Did we miss? Did we misunderstand? Uh, not realize that how reliant Meta was in particular on this. The, the the way that they built this attribution model that was hard to understand but it was so powerful and how they were how reliant they were on Apple but that 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 would actually be vulnerable like I, I remember I remember we'd all we'd all talk of writing about like oh look what they're doing with using um, 
Facebook Connect, for example, where they're, get, they're just getting their hooks in all over the place to make sure they know everything about what goes on outside of their platform. But yeah. I, I always thought that was, I don't think everyone grasped how yeah. powerful that was and how vulnerable it could be. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, George W. Bush was warning about like a massive pandemic like yeah. a decade ago yeah. and no, nobody Give paid attention. It's like if George W. Bush, you know, no offense to George W. Bush, right. like sort of saw around that corner. We obviously are very flawed. Uh, and that's why I, I try to avoid predictions at, at forecasting future yeah. events, because a lot of times we take what is happening here and now we just extrapolate it to the future. Like, like we, like we recognize pandemic, looking back. Boom. Yeah, we, we recognize looking back, like, well, that was kind of obvious. That crypto stuff was kind of funny when people yeah. were paying all that money for, like, those ape photos and right. JPEGs and whatnot. But, like, in the time, I, I know I was, like, very – I'm still a little crypto curious. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep an open mind about this. These smart people really, must know. <laughs> yeah, we're just, like, really bad at um, at recognizing those kind of vulnerabilities um, as they're happening, right? And right. We're all going to um, shop and stream at home like we did in the, the lockdown period. That's never going to well, stop. Well, that's the, yeah. I mean, that is the story of the pandemic, right? Is a lot of people read artificial signals as real signals. Yeah. And it's hard because, you know, you're living in the here and now. And like, I don't think that in 2021, most people thought that, oh, this is like 2020 was clearly unreal because, yeah. you know, most, most people were, were, mostly at home and stuff like this but 2021 you could easily have said like oh well this is like yeah this is the new normal it's great like you yeah, know there's lots, lots of love it we're lots of money back, around baby. and stuff like this and i think what we're gonna see in 2023 is who made bad decisions based on bad data and because there was a lot of bad data out there mm-hmm. um because i know just from doing consult, like there's a lot of people who were unnaturally up in, in revenue and their businesses are doing unnaturally well. Um, and the, you know, and, the human tendency is like, that's it. That's our level, right? Where this is going to last. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at like morning brew, right? Like I don't, like, I think, you know, they've done a tremendous job and stuff like this. They, they clearly got over their skis with their expansion and yeah, their a lot of new publications growth. really fast. Right. And you know, that's, that's hard. And I, you know, that open the big office. That's always like, <laughs> that's always a bad sign. Yeah. Right. Remember that's when why. Mike had that big office in like the world trade center? Oh my God. I remember, the thing I remember about Mike's office is they had, besides just snacks, they had like free avocados. I probably, I probably said oh the same God. thing last year, but that, 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 that's like the most symbolic really? thing in that era. You just grab an avocado whenever you want to. <laughs> like that's one a, of the most a, expensive pieces of produce. If Lucia Moses, if you're listening, Lucia, that's a great anecdotal lead. <laughs> yes, I hope, I hope we would always joke about like the, you know, the things that are like made for like an anecdotal lead. Like it's that's why I always say there's like no company should ever have a party on a yacht because some because it'll just will yeah it'll start be their used story with that. yeah yeah it'll be used as like a sign of hubris and whatnot. yeah that's yeah, why that's why I don't out. do the the rebooting will do no yacht parties yeah. unless. Unless paid for by a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, please reach out. <laughs> Collaboration, to not sponsor, yeah. partner. Right. Um, so, okay, you, one thing you have been pretty bullish on, or almost scary, you're scaring me with your bullishness, is, is AI and what it's going to mean. You know, I think we've all been kind of enamored with what the possibilities are the last couple of weeks. Do you, 
again, predictions are dangerous, but do you see this in our industry specifically? Is it going to shake things up in terms of the way that content is produced, the way that ads are produced? Maybe I, I would think it's ripe for branded content. What do you, where do you see? I mean, I think it's going to like change how all of us do our jobs, right? Like, um, I, I always compare it to like what, what we're seeing now with Dolly and mid journey or whatever. And, and, and chat GPT, it's the Michael Douglas with the massive cell phone on the beach in wall street, <laughs> like moment. And if this is what the way it, it is like with the massive cell phone on the beach, like time play it forward to, um, the iPhone and like, yep. you know, that took a, that took a while took a with mobile decade or, or more, but yeah, but then it, was, yeah, it but changed like, everything. It changed everything, and and it's pretty clear. I did. It's hard for me to imagine that the way this technology operates now, it's not going to just grow infinitely more powerful um, as we go on. And I think the difference, obviously, with the crypto, blockchain, whatever stuff, is you can when you use these tools, you, you most not most people. I would say a lot of people have like a holy shit moment, and you haven't had a lot of those holy shit moments. I feel like in in tech in a while and i think mm -hmm. that's why i hope that like this will actually distract the tech people from like arguing about twitter and content moderation and like right-wing libertarian political yeah, the, stuff the, 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 the most uh aggrieved class of people are really rich yeah, yeah, VCs. Yeah. i just feel like i just feel like if, if if we dangle this thing out there where they can like make untold riches yeah. and like accrue more power they'll give up on uh the um uh, blocking journalists and whatnot. And but does it make you theories. nervous? It makes me nervous as someone who makes a living writing stuff uh, that it's going to, uh, the, 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 they're coming for our jobs thing is always overdone yeah. with AI, but I wondered I mean, about remember, it. Like, programmatic. We, we wrote like what, how many stories about how yeah. like programmatic was going to replace all the like ad buyers and sellers and then actually go on seller crowd. There so the ad sellers yeah. are making like half a million dollars a year. Like, a no, yeah. Days. If you're an ad ops guy, you can write your ticket. Like it's, it's well, uh, well but it will change things like ad ops and stuff. There's no two ways. I mean, it's going to change accounting. It's going to change all kinds of things. And like, you know, the reality is a lot of our jobs are, um, there are bullshit jobs, right? Remember that book, like bullshit jobs, mm -hmm. like, but a lot of aspects of our jobs are bullshit, right? Um, which, I mean, I think about it just like, think about like just your like work life now, like as a sort of solo person mm -hmm. versus what it was, what it was within like, I don't want to say big companies, but just like regular companies, right? Like I, it, it just amazes me. Like, I mean, the, a lot of like your time is spent on bullshit. Yes. Which, which most of us would be happy to get rid of. Um, do you think but now we've like got, we don't have to do the bullshit meetings and stuff like this and like hanging out in the kitchen and stuff, but now we got to no. like do all the work. Yeah. Yeah. All the work between. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, like I, I'm like, Hey, bring on the fr AI, this AI, that, and stuff like this. Cause I am currently doing like 15 jobs. I don't know about you. And yeah. so I'm like, look, I feel like there's enough work to go around robots. Right. We can we can divide this shit up and like get some stuff done. What about for uh, the creative community though? Do, do you think that should make them nervous that this that oh. these bots are going to be able to you know write copy and that we're not going to need you anymore that kind of thing? Or is that crazy? Look, if you're writing like stereo manual copy and stuff like this, and it's undifferentiated, you know, and look, there's a lot of that that. Um, 
is done. And that's like, I don't mean to like discount it. That's like entire jobs is, is doing this. And yeah, of course it's going to, um, augment and replace some of that. Uh, right. Any, anything that it allows a company to get more efficient, particularly if we're going to be in like a long-term inflationary environment, the, right. the, you know, technology is always, has always been like a great deflationary force for good and, yeah. and bad, depending on, on right. what it's deflating. And you'll be more receptive if you're still facing <laughs> yeah. this. I mean, it deflated the ad prices, which is, you know, right. good if you're a marketer, not so great if, if, you're, you're, if you're selling yeah. those ads. Um, but it should like be a deflationary force in a time when, you know, labor costs are, are I think there's a good case to be made that um, tight labor markets are, are here to stay despite all of these layoffs and everything like this. Right. Like, it's still hard to find and staff um, skill, really quality uh, people. Skill people and knowledge jobs, uh, at least. Even, but I, I don't I see it, say that. Even manufacturing, there's not enough people. But I don't see it like replacing um, large swaths of people anytime soon. Okay. I just, so, they, they, they just generally, this generally doesn't happen. Copy right? editors like, are not dead or branded. Well, the, the copy editors, they, they, they might be that. They, they okay. I mean, you, you think about like, gra you think about Grammarly and stuff like this, like Grammarly chips away at like 30% of the um, copy editor job. There's a lot of these things that are quote unquote AI that we don't even recognize how it's, it's chomping away at certain roles. I don't know. But I'm, I'm always able to beat it. I've, I find there are always errors to get out in just about every issue of my, of my yeah. subject. So. <laughs> well, it's like, no, but I do, I actually do think that like um, a, a long-term trend out of this, at least that I would bet on, is you're going to have an explosion of synthetic media, right? It, you're going to have content created by robots, right? And think about all the, the SEO content that's like created by like armies of humans and stuff like this. A lot of that's going to be created, um, by AI. Right. And it's going to flood search engines. And, sure. <laughs> but my, I, I generally would think that like it will end up making, so there's going to be so much content out there that it will end up making the human created content that is like human in like, personality and in the ways that like that you know we appreciate humans versus robots right like i think like what you're saying is will it replace because like, everyone goes so will it replace me will it replace will, yeah will the whole replace? publication be synthetic probably yeah not. we all we all go to dystopian um things when it comes to technology because we have this uneasy relationship with technology and that we're a technological species we wouldn't you know, we wouldn't literally be here without mastering technology. It's what separates us. Um, but at the same time, you know, and you see this through a, a literature and, and science fiction, so we're always scared of being replaced by technology, yeah. be by technology becoming too powerful. Um, and so I think we're always going to have that. But um, I think the way that you compete is you become more human and not like try to... Um, no, flight. Okay, so here's an example, like um, travel agents. Like, why in the world do you remember like using travel agents? It's kind of insane. But I, there are people that still do it. It's funny that you say that. Like, well, that's the thing. It's like now, like travel agents haven't gone anywhere. Yes, yeah. are there fewer travel agents? Absolutely. 
do you like call up a travel agent and be like, I need you to book a flight next week to Chicago? <laughs> no, but no. but they help you with the with the like grand plans you have to make and headaches yeah, and things. Like, yeah. you know, because the overall travel market is so much bigger than back when you're calling up uh True. you know, ATA travel to, <laughs> to get your right. flight. ATA travel. I don't know if that's that sounds like a travel agency name. All right, let me ask you totally shifting gears here. This is <laughs> bear with me. The Neither of us are, I don't think, huge. Uh, we don't cover the video game industry much, but it's what's what's been struck me is this: if the, F, the FTC going trying to stop Microsoft from buying Activision, it made me think of how it's from from where I can sit. They don't seem to understand the business they're trying to regulate. I could be wrong, but it spoke it spoke to me in the idea that can we always talk about when is regulation going to really change digital advertising? What's going to happen? Do we? I don't know what's going to happen next year. Who knows if this new Congress is going to care about this? But do you have any, do you have any confidence that the people in Washington are are going to know our industry well enough to ever make a change that matters? Whether it's breaking up Google or trying to do something to surveillance advertising or something, what do you think yeah. about the regulation potential? I mean, it's funny because like people in the tech industry love to like worship at the altar of disruption, mm -hmm. but it's only disruption that they do to other people, right? Not I've noticed them. that. Yeah. Yeah. And like governments disrupt like industries. Okay. And then all of a sudden that disruption is bad. Okay. It's yeah. like kind of like inflation. We hate inflation when it's the price of bananas and gas and stuff like this, but we love asset inflation, which is a form of inflation. When our house, yeah, ho housing prices, I don't awesome. have a house, but I have an Good apartment when they, yeah. when they like went like up by like 30% and it's like, everyone's like, this is Party. great. Let's borrow, borrow against you and burn some so, money. So, yeah. um, you know, I like I know the tech people aren't as obsessed about their hypocrisy as uh, the journalist types, but you know, the reality is, you know, governments have a role to play in in shaping industries and and how they affect society. And if we were to go back ten years with how social media and and tech in general with these platforms grew it was a very light hand of regulation, right? I can remember doing a um, a, an interview with David Kirkpatrick many years ago after he wrote his Zuck, one of the mm -hmm. early Zuckerberg books, and he was Facebook saying how, way. oh yeah, um, he he right. was saying how Zuckerberg used to call um, Facebook a utility, and, and then his lawyers told him to stop doing that because utilities get regulated. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to see these battles again and again. And I think the one there's there's very few areas that there's bipartisan agreement and distrust of large technology companies is right. one of those areas. Um, they don't, they don't they have both a lot of don't friends. know why they hate them, but they definitely both hate them. They hate them for different reasons, but yeah. they, you know, Democrats dislike centralized power. The new version of the Republican party is really against uh, certain aspects of, of what they consider centralized power yeah. and technology is one of them. There's no way that any, tech company is going to get through a major acquisition in the next year. It's just not, I don't, I don't see it happening. Like, can you imagine, like, let's say like everyone's like shits on Facebook's like metaverse thing, which probably fair, yeah. but like, okay, why wouldn't Facebook buy Roku? Why wouldn't that be a better, yeah, but here's or the thing, Google, 0% chance that, no, that they Facebook do it. could yeah. get that through. Yeah. They well, can't even buy like, you know, they can't even buy little gaming studios and stuff like this. No, someone so, should grab Roblox, but they, no one's going to let think, those guys do it. But I think overall, like we're clearly moving into a, a, a time when the government has far more of a hand in the economy. And, and this is actually like 
going back to like how it used to be, I think we just went through a weird period, you know, starting like basically in like 1981 Mm -hmm. where, um, the government, uh, you know, embarked on this neoliberal experiment with deregulation and cutting taxes and the, the free market knows everything and stuff like this to a more normal situation where governments are increasingly directing markets and, you know, people who are libertarian can like complain about that, then I don't know, like uh, elect different people because right. like, look at the, the chips act passed chips act got a, got a, got some yeah. Republican votes. Right? right. And the chips act is industrial policy. The climate bill is industrial policy. It's why Europe hates it. So I don't yeah. see why right we're putting the finger on the scale for a lot of stuff in our, yeah, in our I don't country. see why yeah. the government will not be more active in in these industries, yeah. it's going to be more active in all sorts of critical in- industries and like artificial intelligence. There's no way AI is going to develop without like heavy government involvement. Yeah. Um, Especially because they kind of let crypto go too fast, I think, and that they're going to probably be inclined to jump on that quicker. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Um, I just think it's more critical, right? I mean, like that was always my issue with like in trying to learn about like crypto and stuff like this. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. I'm like, wait a second. Won't this just undermine the, you know, preeminent position of the U S dollar. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, why would a government let that happen? (laughs) Oh no, this will take place. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like what governments have like armies and stuff like this. What are you, are you going to, are you going to retreat to your, metaverse like what yeah there's a little bit too much idealism i don't like governments are not just gonna like all of a sudden be like oh shit yeah you made a you you created this make-believe money Uh, i guess we'll just like you know give up on the u.s dollar and having the dollar hegemony over the world right yeah okay uh no i don't think these guys are naive too i guess right um all right i want to i want to close out on on i'm going to put you on the spot here do you have any other predictions that you can talk about i have i have one mike all right. Well, well, all right. Let me let's forget that. Then what, what do you make of this is a big picture <laughs> observation. But if a couple of years ago, I would have bet that we, we talked about lots of people talked about the interruptive advertising was that era was ending. Right. And it's what's, what's uh. been remarkable to me is like it's the comeback of the interruption. The commercial, the TV commercial is back. Everybody's doing it other than Apple. I think almost every service has an ad, ad platform. What happened there? What did we get wrong? It's a good question. I mean, and like in some ways that I, I hadn't thought about that. And so actually it would be a good, it'd be a good newsletter. I, I don't you should listen. Do. Why interruptive advertising one? I mean, cause yeah. it's predictable, right? Like, um, like I was just talking to someone who was building like an email newsletter and like, um, you know, he spends a bunch of money on acquisition. He's like, Oh yeah. Like 60% is, is, you know, paid acquisition and yeah. stuff like this. Cause it works. And like, it is, predictable like and you can predict your growth i mean the all the stuff of like invitational advertising and only losers pay for it we're going to be earned media and stuff like this it's not predictable you can't run businesses that way like you know what i mean like that's why everyone like complained about the grp and stuff like this and all the 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 um Packaged goods companies are like, yeah, whatever. Like we, we yeah, like predictability. Tell you about it, and we like predictability in our business. We bitched about and that, like, but then, then if you watch CTV, it's worse. Like, yeah. So it's. I mean, it's, I like you know when we were at, at when I was at Adweek, you were at Media Week. Then we became one. But like, yeah. um, you know, I was more like on the the the, the marketer side, right? Um, yeah. And 
I mean, this is the era when everyone was like talking about like going viral and all this stuff like this. And it's just like, it's completely, you can't predict it. Um, and that's like, if you think back to the previous era, how do you manage these, these businesses that were relying on social media platform viral, Right. you know, like you have one post that takes off, like your, your LinkedIn viral post, uh, of this yeah. weekend, of this that, week. that, that's my new comp. That's where I'm. That's my. That's yeah. My business How do you now. plan around like your LinkedIn virality? No, I think at a certain point you just you have to pay the shout, and get your message out there, and that's just going to happen. Like that's how brands are not going to stop doing that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's a hopeful note. But uh, Brian, thanks as always for doing our, our annual tradition here. Yeah, this block is fun. 2023, and, and thanks for taking the time out. Okay. Thank you, Mike. See you soon. A big thank you to my guest this week, The Rebooting's Brian Morrissey, and of course, my partners over at Markitecture. If you like this week's episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing.